This episode is brought to you by NordVPN. Listen up, nerds. No. Good evening, Mr. and Mrs. America, from border to border and coast to coast and all the ships at sea. What? Hello, friends. Do you have a computer? Of course you do, because it's not 1987. Hell, you're listening to this on some kind of computer right now. But do you have a VPN? Oh, (laughs) what's a VPN, you ask? Well, my friend, a VPN is a virtual private network and it offers two key benefits. Enhanced privacy and security online. But VPNs do a lot more than that. VPNs shield your IP address, change your browsing location, and make online life easier. It's all about safety and security, my friends. But, like everything else in life, it's also about watching TV. Don't let your paid subscriptions go to waste. I use NordVPN to access my home content while I'm traveling. Wink, wink. Plus, secure your connection on public Wi-Fi in airports, hotels, cafes, anywhere you go when you're traveling. There's over 6,300 servers in 111 countries, and you can find a nearby server for the best VPN speeds. NordVPN is easy to use. Connect with one click or enable auto-connect for zero-click protection. And it's got amazing speed. NordVPN is one of the fastest VPNs out there. And with just one NordVPN account, you can use it on six devices. It supports every major platform, Windows, Android, iOS, Mac OS, Linux, even Android TV. I think those are all real. Don't miss out on all the awesome benefits for using a VPN. Go to nordvpn.com ifanboy today for a risk-free 30-day money-back guarantee. The link's in the show notes. Once again, that's nordvpn.com ifanboy. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Um, you ever feel like you really need to get something off your chest? This is this this is a, like a real thing. Like, if you're mad, if you're upset, if uh, if there's something going on, like the I, there's there's often for me an idea. Maybe it's a wrong. Maybe it's a moment. It's it's an injustice. It's something that because you, you keep going on and on over and over in your mind about it, and like that can create anger and resentment or shame, whatever it is. And very often. I have found, I am not a therapist, I have found that when you let it out, when you give it voice, when you say it out loud, um, sometimes it makes you feel better because you've, you've expressed it. And sometimes it makes you realize like, oh, this is not a big deal that I've, it's been stuck in my head. So you give voice to those things um, and it can make you feel a lot better. And shock of all shocks, therapy is one of those things that can help you do that. It can help you be able to say those things in a place where you don't need to worry about the repercussions of it, work your way through it, uh, figure out coping skills, how to get around it, you know, find, find ways to deal with that stuff instead of letting it fester. Um, if you are thinking of starting therapy, uh, if anything I said sounds familiar, you're like, oh, maybe my life would be a little better if I could deal with that kind of thing. You should give BetterHelp a try. It's fully online. It is convenient, flexible. It is suited to your schedule. That's the idea. That's what they're going for. Um, you can fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. That's a big deal. You can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. That that personal connection, I believe, to be super important. Again, I'm not a professional. Uh, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash iFanboy today. You get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash iFanboy. This is iFanboy Pick of the Week, number 639, brought to you by... Mac Weldon, underwear, socks, and clothing that are better than whatever you're wearing right now, unless you're wearing Mac Weldon, and if you are, then you know. Use the promo code iFanboy for 20% off your first order. And iFanboy listeners just like you. Fanboy Pick of the Week, episode 639. I'm Josh Flanagan, and this is my co-host, Connor Kilpatrick. Hi, Josh. <laughs> Did you hear when I got confused in the middle of the sentence? Who's hosting with me today? I, I don't know. I was putting like a question tone on something. I was like, <laughs> don't do that. And I went through all of it in the middle of the sentence. <laughs> and we're right. leaving it, because that's that's how we roll. We are iFanboy, and every week we read our stack of comics, and one of us picks their favorite book. We call that the Pick of the Week. We talk about that book, other books from the week, the patron pick, and maybe if we have time, we'll read some listener mail interact with the plebs uh fans uh, uh common people no that's no wow i, I don't know how you have a reputation <laughs> do i <laughs> i wish i've been working on that the whole time uh the idea is that it's fun see so here's your spoiler mm-hmm. warning uh this is the common people jesus 
<laughs> this is a review show. There will be some spoilers. Exercise caution uh, whence proceeding. Uh, Connor, yeah. you had to pick this week, which was a surprise to me. I surprised I had to pick or surprised that book I, I picked? No, I just thought I had to pick it again. But I, I mean, I had it last week. So listen, it's you. still just the two of us now. I'm having trouble. It, it is a lot more. Uh, so this week, the pick is Batman 49, which is the, I guess, the final issue leading up to the marriage of Batman and Catwoman. As oh, we they're making it be an issue 50. I see. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and as we've discussed before, it's not really a marriage between Bruce Wayne and Selina Kyle. It's a, it's a, it's a ceremonial marriage between Batman and Catwoman. Anyway, that's not important. That's, that's next time. We'll talk about that. Uh, so here we have the finale of the best man story in which, as you recall, last week we talked about, or two weeks ago, we talked about the Joker ambushed Batman and Catwoman at the church. We talked about how he's, he's too strong. That's not important for this issue. Here, with Batman incapacitated, Catwoman and the Joker have a confrontation, and they both severely injure each other, lay there bleeding, and and talk. And that's that's like 80% of the issue. Yep. Just them laying there bleeding and talking. And once again, we're just going to ask the question, uh, does DC read these scripts before they go out? Because, I mean, this is a very... <laughs> This is a very un number one book at DC kind of story. And I mean, I assume at some point there was maybe a clause in the in the contract that just said, "If over a hundred thousand, you just let me do it." <laughs> and so I think that's where we're at. It's weird. I mean, it's, I love it, but it's like this is like the this is basically this issue is very similar to what Tom King's doing over in Mister Miracle. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I just can't imagine a good portion of the readership's into it. But I am, so it doesn't matter. I'm it, it, it really feels like, uh, I don't know, like I don't recognize, like I, I didn't understand that there was a comics populace who would be into this. Right. But maybe because it's Batman, it gets more leeway with people. Maybe. I guess. But here we have the Joker who... You know, as we've seen, is really not happy about this marriage thing, and uh, we delve deep into the Joker's psyche on on his feelings about Batman. Here, there's a there's a reference to the Killing Joke. Uh, I think there's another reference to something I can't remember. Yeah, there was, and I was like, I don't quite remember what that is, but it's a- it was a nice nice takedown of the of the Riddler's stupid sideburns. <laughs> um, I mean, it's just literally just it's 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 Selena's laying there holding her guts in while. The Joker is holding his carotid artery, and they just talk. And uh, I thought this was ter- obviously terribly interesting and exciting. Well drawn by Michael Jannon or Michael Jannon. Yeah, uh, I, I. It's funny. It's just two people talking, so it's, it yeah. has to be dynamic. He's got he's got some <laughs> skill, and and really, I I wasn't thinking. It's it's funny because we make jokes, you know, in the other books, King will use a nine panel grid a lot, and this isn't that at all. This is you know. It's still dynamic, but it really is mostly two people laying on the ground. There is a little action scene that happens at first prior to that. Um, it's a really nice sort of time jumping that happens. Um, and it does play with the the concept of, uh, like, I don't know, the reality of, of these injuries, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that I did have a question... But basically, everything is sacrificed just sort of to let them have this conversation and, and sort of, you know, it, it's it's this is King's interpretation of the Joker and how he looks mm-hmm. at things. And everybody has their has their spin at the wheel for that. Um, but one thing that I think has been a little difficult to understand has been like Selena Kyle and how exactly I think like this is almost the point of this is like how to how to make this believable as a Catwoman story and like, you know, squaring it with her past and how we're going to frame the lens around her. And the bit like at the bit at the end, actually, basically the last two panels, I'm not sure I understand. And I I don't mean that as a criticism, but I was curious because I feel like there's. I I don't I don't like it. Is this like a warning? Is this is she laughing why is she laughing? She laughs. She says she only laughs when she wins. In, oh, in, yeah. Earlier in the issue, yeah, he, he, he said, "You're the only one who never laughed at everything." We all were laughing. 
me and a penguin and Riddler and Harvey, we all laughed all the time, but you never laughed. She said, she said, I only laugh when I win. Right. Okay. And so she, she, she won this. Okay. That makes much more sense. Thank you. You're a, you're a, you're a more observant reader than I am, but that makes perfect sense. And I like, cause, cause I was like, they're not, this isn't foreshadowing, is it? Cause her eyes are green, which I know isn't, you know, the thing, but I just, that yeah. makes more sense. That works. That's a nice story then. That's some good work then. <laughs> I mean, the only thing, the only, literally the only criticism I had was in the beginning when the Joker's shooting a Catwoman, his revolver has 14 shots in it, but. Tom uh, mentioned that on, on the, on the social media and he said, basically, he's like, I have an explanation in my head that kind of makes it work. And the only thing that I thought is, uh, if there's a time jump in between panels, then he reloaded. We didn't see it. Sure. That's fine. It was just, I was counting it because they, they, they do such sure. a specific job of showing you all the big bangs. Yeah. Like, I was like, oh, he's out of bolt. Nope. He's still shooting. But it's um, a specific kind of gun where if they just change the kind of gun, then. Yeah. I wonder if it anyway. was, I bet it was. I bet it was not written with, with, with it being a revolver, but then when he started to draw it, it was a revolver, and it wasn't. That's my guess. Maybe. But uh, anyway, it doesn't matter. That's just a minor thing. I mean, I'm not a super big fan of this this idea in general of the marriage, but I think this is, it's led to some interesting stories, and this is this is definitely one of them. And, and we'll uh, see that sometimes. We're a sort of not wonderful concept. You know, it's still interesting. I think we saw a lot yeah. of that in Superman over the past two, three years. Right. Although we're gonna apparently getting getting more Joker, so we're gonna talk about the other book in a minute, the other uh, prelude to the wedding book, and and that's gonna also feature the Joker, which seems strange because this seems like the definitive take on the Joker's reaction to the the weddings here. But uh, I thought this is, I mean, even just from a world building standpoint for the art, I mean, and I, I get this is probably all done in like SketchUp or whatever, but uh, it, it did a really good job of making the cathedral feel like a, a place, a space. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, definitely. It, it, it always felt like you knew where you were in the in the building, and it added to the, not claustrophobia because they're in a giant room, but, you know, they're laying in rubble, which has got to be a metaphor too, right? So, um, <laughs> uh, I just, I, I love, I mean, Tom King's, one of the things he's done through the course of his run is, is sort of make winky jokes th- about all of Batman's time in the world. So, mm-hmm. Here we have discussions about how the penguin used to have an umbrella and how Harvey used to be. And, you know, sort of that, that all-encompassing look at Batman's... I, I like it because it's a really clever way of sort of saying to the readers, like, we know. Yeah. Please, you know, but without really... It, it's not really making fun of it. It's just understanding. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that yeah, it's, 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 it's a little silly and we're all fine with that. Right. That's the way that I sort of read it. I like this version of the Joker. Oh, I do too. Um, I said that last time. Yeah, he, he. I didn't really like Scott Snyder's cut off face psychopath Joker. I mean, that's a like, that's definitely can be fun, but like as a version of the Joker. But this is like my preferred version. Who is he's crazy? Obviously, he's a psychopath. Obviously, but he's also capable of having a conversation. Well, uh, there was also. This, this, the, this, the scariest part of Joker was always like when he acted normal because you were right. waiting for him to not act normal. Well, when they talk about uh, Mad Hatter's theory about him, that is left somewhat of open ended, right? Um, and so I like I the more mystery there is around him, the better. Yeah. The more you know, the more that we don't know what to expect, the better. The more, I mean, just a just a murderous psychopath who likes to kill things is less interesting than trying to you know them being misdirected in sort of what the motivation is. I mean, this that was one of the best parts of like the Heath Ledger Joker is that he gave you, I remember the first time he gave us like an origin, I was like, oh, don't do that. And then a little while later, he gave a different origin. I was like, that is it. You got it. Yeah. Like keep everybody guessing all the time. I think that's super interesting. And, you know, as a, for me, the Dark Knight Returns is one of the, defin- you know, definitive Joker takes and that mm-hmm. he was in a, he was in a basically a coma while Batman was gone and he perked back up with Batman Return. That's to me is, is he, he needs, mm-hmm. He needs Batman. He he would never actually really kill him. Right. Because he would have no purpose in his life. And so this is the same thing. It's like why I I am Batman's other half. Why would he take a wife in the old in the old which is phrasing, you know, when he's got me. That's also just, the plot of the Lego Batman movie. So So there is there some continuity there. So there's been some ups and downs in this particular run, but I think this particular issue has been it was terrific. Obviously, I, I mean, I think it started a little like the like the beginning was a little wonky. It was like 
uh, almost trying to be more action adventure stuff. And then, then when he got that out of the way, he's like, okay, I'm going to talk about Batman now. And it's been good. I'm going to, people are responding to it. Um, I'll be very curious to see what happens at the next issue. As we saw this week with another big comic book marriage didn't go exactly as planned, which we'll talk about later. Uh, We'll, we'll see how that what happens there with with and knowing that Catwoman's getting her own solo book uh, written and drawn by Joel Jones, which is going something's going to look awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm interested in that too. So we'll see. Interesting to see where where this where this story goes. But this was a really great, you know, bottle issue, as it were. Two. These two people laying there dying, and, or supposedly dying and talking, and it was good. It was really good. Nah, Tom the, King's on a roll, man. It's true. In the middle of the week, I said, you should read Shanghai Red number one. And you said, I have so many books. But then you put it on the list. So I did read it. I think, was I right? Yeah, it was good. I mean, I, I, you I, the best part about it was that it was, as you told me, was is it's just a pirate, so, 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 kind of a pirate story, but sort of a, kind of. It's just a story without zombies or monsters or, yeah. or aliens. It's just, uh, just a story set in the old timey days of Portland, which made me roll my eyes a little bit, but Hey, they're uh, there. That's a thing that happened there. They're 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 it's liberals reckoning with their past. <laughs> I love the opening quote. I will state that there is one part on the Pacific Coast that one port on the Pacific Coast that has always been known as the greatest crimping den in America. I refer to the port of Portland. And that crimping was when you were Shanghai to work on a ship. It's a good word. Yeah, this is from uh, Chris Sabella on script and uh, Joshua Hickson on art and uh, out of Image Comics. I kind of didn't know what it was, what it was coming, anything about it. But um, right away, you know, it sort of had that. um, What's the Brian Wood uh, Revolutionary War book that I can't think Uh, of? See, you put the word revolution in my head. Sorry. Uh, That Dark Horse book that we liked a lot. Um, And it has that sort of artistic tone. Um sort of a, a sort of simpler line-based art with sort of n- nice colors. Uh, and, you know, basically they would take people and put them on ships and make them work on the ship. And if you're on the ship, you got nowhere to go. So you either work or they kill you. Uh, yep. You know, and so that's what happened on this ship. And and basically they get to the end of it and, and the captain's like, you guys are free to go. And then one of the passengers uh, who turns passengers out... Passengers is very, yeah, very sorry. generous. I was trying <laughs> to move quickly. Uh, one of the prisoners uh, is turns out is not a man, but is a woman, and she's uh, angry and goes on a murderous rampage and kills everybody uh, who ran the ship. Uh, and so they they took over their own ship. And then there's uh, some discussions of you know who's got power and who's in charge and what's the right thing to do. And it's a revenge story. So yeah, she she goes back to sails the boat back to Portland at the end and and is going to find everyone who is responsible for her crimping and. And I guess got them like a fish. It's funny is that crimping ain't easy. Rebels. Rebels. There it is. I just scrolled through my entire goddamn folder here. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, I, I think the art was terrific. It was uh, Joshua Hickson. Yeah. Who I and, don't know. Uh, it had a nice moody tone. It looked. It reminded me of a bunch of people whose names I can't remember at the moment. But but also good good ship drawn. You know, like yeah. all the rigging and the the interiors and like he was. It felt like they were there. So I, I really like that part. I thought the, the character acting and, and figures were all really good, but like the ships were all, uh, the, you know, the one thing that I was questioning was, I mean, isn't all, they always say like the worst thing that happened on a boat is a fire. Mm-hmm. And she like, she like starts a fire in the hold and burns one of the guys. And I was like, isn't that going to rage out of control, especially since it's an oil fire. But well, if you don't know that or think about it, then it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but no, this was good. I'm I'm gonna read more. I'm, it's it looks terrific. It's uh, an interesting story. You know the 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 bad old days when we were just starting out as a society are always interesting. Definitely. It just seems so awful and terrifying all this the time. A, this is a Decemberist song. <laughs> I just realized that. <laughs> but this is good. If you if you're if you're a history buff, if you like. Uh, just straight up revenge stories, crime stories, kind of set. This is set in the old timey. I mean, there's guns, so it's not that old, but um, like revolvers, not just muskets. Uh, it's cool. I liked it. Yeah, sure. I'm I'm down for a while. Yeah. Uh, let's continue our discussion of the Man of Steel, the Man of Steel number four, four of six. 
This week's art, Kevin McGuire. We'll talk about that in a moment. Um, as Bat, uh, Batman, man, I'm tired. As Superman and Supergirl confront the dude whose name I don't even know. The I bad don't either. Gr- uh, gross face. Gross face. Captain Gross face. I think that's Captain it. 1992 design. Uh, all right, let's let's let's. I'm gonna focus. I'm gonna I'm gonna focus on the positive here. Yeah. Um, I I do. You can, I can feel the Bendis, yeah, creeping in each issue more and more. Um, but the, I mean, the other thing, I really, you said we'll talk about it later, but right away, you know, outside of the two Jason Fabok pages, um, I had the whole time I was just like, man, this is some good looking Kevin McGuire art. It is. Um, <coughs> I mean, for years he had a terrible colorist, colorist. right? Yeah, that was, but it is. I do find it a little odd the way they color him. You know, they do, and I don't know. I mean, there's a colorist listed. It's Alex Sinclair. Who's sort but, of the DC guy. But I have a hard time thinking that he's not coloring himself partially because there's so much detail in the color. Yeah. And I think that's just a – I mean, I get what they're trying to do. They're trying to make it more realistic looking and more kind of like a more painted in a way. But it just kept – not weirding me out, but like I kept looking at the faces, like man, this is a weird way to do this. Yeah, I mean, I guess my well, point was, it looked, looked really good though. It I mean, could it be good. worse, but like yeah, sure. in terms of the page layouts, um, the composition, no, the acting, I was I was really you know, I've, I know Kevin McGuire has popped up here and there, and I know he's got a good history, but I don't know that I've seen a ton of him. But also, I don't think I've been blown away by him really lately. And and there were a couple pages here, the one where. The lady falls out the window and he catches her. I thought it was a beautiful page. Um, and there was definitely just some other, like, he draws a, he draws a great Superman. Oh, he's, listen, he's one of my all-time favorite artists. Yeah, I know. It's uh, great. But and I definitely this, saw this it this good week. Yeah. Uh, I love his sort of flat-topped <laughs> Green Lantern. I love that. That first panel with him, you know, and he's definitely got that military bearing. And he's, and he's kind of like, he's out of his element a little bit. Yeah. And that comes across in the drawing, which I, like his burr is fra- his burr, um, brow is furrowed, and yes. uh, I thought that was really nice. It was a disaster behind him. So yeah. uh, not really sure what to very, do here. It felt very much like the old Giffen and Demetrius Justice mm-hmm. because whenever Hal showed up, he was that character. He was the stick in the mud military guy who was not cool. He wore like he wore the sweater tied around his shoulders when he wasn't mm-hmm. in costume, and like he was that guy. And so that I had that feeling of of that here, and it made me laugh. But, I mean, just also in addition to that, like, you know, Guire is a really good match for Bendis. I was yeah, like, yeah, oh, there's the, a, the acting. Yep. It's great. There's a real uh, uh, sort of uh, synchronicity that is happening there that I thought was pretty interesting. So the villain aside, take apart, take away the fact that I don't love that, you know, he's possibly the person who, who destroyed Krypton. I liked the interactions. I liked there, there is an emotional edge to everything that's happening that I think is coming across really well in Clark that makes this feel worse than a lot of the other things that that go on with him. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't love, I don't, I don't love the uh, the explosion thing that is that more recent power, but whatever. Oh right, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, I, it took me a little while to figure out what happened. Yeah, I, you know, I didn't even know what it was, but you're right. Fuck, I forgot that he can supernova. Hmm. 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 Don't like it. Yeah, whatever though. It means he's been reading the books, or at least he's up on. It means he's gonna be powerless next week. Oh yeah, it's not gonna work but, either. But yeah, I mean, this is an interesting sort of overview of Superman's world, mm-hmm. and I it's, it's weekly, which is, you know. Yeah, it is what it is. But it's, as as an introduction of Bendis's take on Superman, it's been fun. And also, like we're getting to the he's now with the villain. We don't have to chase him around forever like we did with um, who was the last one with the Jor El. Well, the, speaking the, of that, now we have the reveal that the Faybach flashback pages the guy in the yeah bubble the bubble ship was Jor El, mm-hmm. who's come back for uh, his grandson. And so now we don't know what's happening. We, we we've had that reveal. We don't know what's going to happen next. I, I assume. He took I, him because Jarrell, I mean, because Jonathan and Lois are missing. Mm-hmm. But. Well, so I'm thinking that the thing that's happening here is that Clark sent Jonathan with him and Lois is angry about it, isn't talking to him. 
Could be. Which Could is be. why he wouldn't talk to Hal because he had to make a choice and he's trying to do the right thing, but she didn't agree with him. That's my guess. On the Kryptonian couch you go. Yeah. For sending our son with the psycho, psycho grandfather. What was, mm. I don't even remember. What was the deal with that? Was he like a alternate I, universe Jarrell? I literally don't know. I've, I've, I've exercised it from my brain because well, I hated it. It's back. Yeah, I wasn't thrilled with that. I, I didn't like that so much. But overall, I liked reading this issue. It's really a bummer that Maguire can't do monthly because if he, you put him on the book with Bendis, I think that would be an interesting pairing. <laughs> It'd have to be weekly at this point. <laughs> <sighs> he just gets a bunch of stick figures. Yep. But with great faces. So I'm going to go out on a limb, Joshua, mm-hmm. and say that you hated Tony Stark Iron Man number one. I didn't or hate it. Or you didn't it. read it. Or you didn't. I read it. I read it. Um, I didn't hate it. I was... I didn't like it. Yeah. Uh, I was I, I was mostly bored by it. Not bored, just... I, I just... I don't know. It, it was very bog standardy kind of thing. There's probably a lot of people who like this. Um, not my favorite thing. I like Jocasta being there. Um, I like the art quite a bit. Mm-hmm. I... Very Oshidi. Yeah, uh, I didn't like the fact that at the beginning, the character uh, at the robot war or whatever it was 25 mm-hmm. years ago looked just like Tony Stark. I didn't like that either. I was and I was like, what? why would you make that choice? It do- like, that was it do- weird. Like, I was like, oh, so that must be young Tony Stark with a crazy haircut. And then it's not. And like, well, that just seems like. That was a bizarre choice. I agree with you. I thought, I thought the same thing. Um, also, I guess. It'll be interesting to see if other books, because in this book, Tony Stark is back to being the mustache guy. Yeah. And so it'll be interesting to see if that will carry over into other books as well. But uh, I thought this was okay. Yeah. It was definitely like Downey Jr. turned to tw- turned to nine, like to twelve. Yeah. And that was a little too little much. But uh, I, I thought. I thought it was, it was interesting enough that I'll probably check out the next issue. I like I like this sort of setup. Jocasta's fun. Fin Fang Foom is fun. Yeah. Um, the art's good, as you said. Art is great. Um, but uh, it'll be it, it needs to just be toned down just a little a little bit. Yeah, it just but it just it's <coughs> it doesn't I I couldn't find a thing in it. This is, I mean this is what always is the fact with slot is that like there's not there's no under t- there's there, everything is on the surface it is what it is it's like it's not trying to do anything other it's hard for me to find something interesting or unique about it it's just meat and potatoes superheroes um I, sometimes that's okay but eh. for me it's like the, i think the mistake people make with iron man or tony stark is th- is that the jokes only work if they're hiding something yeah or if there's a serious moment to offset them. Uh, but but it's basically like in here, it's like he doesn't do anything but quip the entire time. Yeah. And I guess that and, could happen. But and it's like it's, he's always got the twinkle in his eye and a smile. And he's it's like, great, but what is that hiding? Mm-hmm. Because that's what the in the movies he's he's hiding his his fears and his, his, yeah. his insecurities. Um, and the fact that he's lost everyone and he's lonely. That's what the jokes are hiding here. Here. I don't have a sense of what that, or if there's anything underneath. There's no moment where he he takes a moment where you get the sense, oh, there's a there's a lot going on under the surface. It's not. It's just it's just a nonstop quip quip fest, mm-hmm. which gets really tiring. Yes, I agree. But I'm gonna give it another issue or two to see if there's anything more under the surface. Have fun with that. I do like Iron Man. Yeah, I know. I do too. Yeah. But also, you know, I've had a lot of Iron Man. I could take an Iron Man vacation. That is also true. Uh, another a book that was sort of a surprise last-minute addition to my list, in addition to Shanghai Red, was Peter Parker, The Spectacular Spider-Man Annual Number 1, which had the main story written by Chip Zdarsky and art by Mike Allred, which is part of the reason why I read it. Um, and there was a backup story written by Mike Drucker with art by Chris Bocciolo and a hilarious number of inkers, considering the number of pages that were... <laughs> Uh, on the story. Um, this was a J. Joe Jameson uh, focus. Focus. Uh, a lot of flashbacks as we see J. Joe Jameson throughout the year and through the years. 
And uh, he's he's sort of stopped, I guess sort of stopped. I, I stopped reading the spectacular Spider-Man book, so I haven't been following. But I guess J- Jonah has made himself his sort of Spider-Man's Girl Friday, like he's running around on a bicycle with a cell phone, calling in crimes to Peter, and uh, that's kind of funny. I don't love this this version of Jonah, but if this is what it is, I'll I mean I'll try to take it for what it's worth, and it, it was pretty funny. Peter having a hilariously inept date with that girl he met, we met very early on in the, in the run who I guess he never saw again. And then she's like, well, I have a boyfriend now. I never saw you again. And he, he thought they were still dating. <laughs> um, that was funny. And then um, we get to see, you know, we get to see a little bit of the humanity behind Jonah. This is what I'm talking about with the Tony Stark thing is that what is if, if, if Jonah Janison is all bluster and hate, then he's not interesting. But if there's some if there's a if there's a hidden soft side, then that's. Then that's that's interesting. And here we see that in the very beginning when Peter came to sell photos, uh, Robbie Robson's like, "Why are we buying these kids' photos? They're terrible." And we see that on on, his, on Jonah's computer monitor is a story about Ben being killed, and he says, "You know, the kid needs some help." And uh, that when you have those scenes, that makes everything else more interesting. And that's what I think is needed in Iron Man. But we're not talking about Iron Man. We're talking about this great all red art. He's he's a he's he's a good for he's good for Spider Man obviously he's got that throwback '60s sort of style, and, uh, and then a really fun backup story with the Bachelor art which looks amazing, and uh, and this is a fun annual. Was, I mean I I don't know what the I don't really know what the point of the annuals are anymore, hmm. but if you're just telling random fun stories then side stories that's fine yeah, and you get you get some interesting art you get some stuff yeah. that's fine it's just a way of signaling now like oh, we're gonna do a different thing here just to keep everybody yeah. so if you've been reading spectacular spider-man and didn't read this you should um if you find J. John jameson interesting then you should also read it and uh there's also a really good human torch joke in here but i guess J. John jameson now got hired to be a a uh, fire breathing radio host which makes sense yep yeah it does little little on the nose, but makes sense. Yeah. I like Mac Weldon, which is a good thing because they sponsor our show. That stuff, it's better than whatever you're wearing right now. I am wearing it, however. I so. wore it yesterday. Did well, you? I was one day off. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a premium men's essential brand that believes in smart design and premium fabrics. And uh, I got to say, I agree with that kind of stuff. Uh, I've tried other I've tried other brands. I've gone, I've done premium underwear before. And I got to say... Once you go there, it is a little difficult to go back. Um, well, the thing is, if you're handed two pairs of underwear, mm-hmm. and one pair is badly designed and features substandard burlap-esque fabrics. The <laughs> other one is smart design and premium fa- premium fabrics. I mean, the choice is clear. Well, I remember a long time ago, you said something um, that has stuck with me since then. Uh, we were at a convention. This was literally over a decade ago. And we're <laughs> walking around uh, all day for several days or whatever. And you looked at me and you said... I can feel my socks. Yes. And I've never forgotten that, nor has my wife, uh, because it perfectly encapsulates the problem uh, with, with your cheap your cheap fabrics that go into things. Um, and it's when your socks get mushed down past the point where there's not any cushion left and there's only yeah. the, the, the fibers and you can, you can feel the individual fibers and that's no longer comfortable. And so since that time, I've really taken a lot of steps to never have that feeling again, certainly not on my undercarriage. Or my feet. I don't want it in those places. So that's why this works out really well for me. Um, also, honestly, honestly, if 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 you're listening to this and you were only thinking, I I know I, I don't know that I want to replace everything. If you bought a few pairs for just con going, mm-hmm. you bought some underwear, you bought some socks, you bought some some shirts that life changing. Uh, the, the silver underwear that is antimicrobial. They eliminate odor. I mean, you're gonna you're gonna feel that you're going to you're going to appreciate that investment. I have no doubt in my mind. So, like, if you're trying to relate this to your life as a as a comic book fan in this show, that's one way to do it. You'll be more comfortable. You will smell better. Uh, you will not be that stereotype of the person at the show. And everybody um, will appreciate it. Yeah, and then also you will look good and smell good, and you'll be happy in all the places where it's important to be happy. So, so that's important. Uh, it's funny because I haven't gone to a lot of shows, but if I was lately, but if I was going to shows now, I would like be 100% like, okay, I need the silver Mac Weldon's mm-hmm. and I need that. That's necessary. Uh, I, I want, I want them all. I want the fabric to retain its shape <laughs> and I want the yes. old stings and, and that would make my life a lot better. 
I think. I'll, I'll be bringing mine to Comic Con this year for sure. Of course you will. It would be it would be foolish not to do that. Absolutely. <laughs> so if uh, if if you're down with what we're saying, if if that hooked you in, make sure when you go over to MacWeldon.com, uh, you can get twenty percent off your first order uh, using the promo code iFanboy. That's MacWeldon.com. The promo code iFanboy. That twenty percent off. That's significant. You should you should use that. Check that out. Um, we we like the stuff too. Yeah. So if you had a the Avengers number three in the pool in which the art totally fell apart, you win. <laughs> Not, not not say that Paco Medina is not really good. He is, but like we had Paco Medina and we had Ed McGinnis and we had three anchors and it just was it was like okay. I mean, I, I think I only said we'd get McGinnis for like two or three issues, and I was yes, you did pretty on the money. But like, just 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 go with Paco Medina and an anchor, and therefore then then the book has a has a distinct look as opposed to every page look a little different, and uh, which is hard for a book like this. Ironically, you are more sensitive to this than I am. Yeah. Like, I, I think I noticed it, but I really only noticed it subconsciously. Because um, I think on this, I'm I'm really moving along with it, and it moves along pretty fast. So oh, as long it's, as... it's still super fun. I, yeah. I like the issue a lot, but I just, it was like very early on. It's like, oh, all right. Well, yeah. you know, the only other thing I'm worried about here is... Behold, Captain, the root of the great infection, the reason this world must die. Behold, the progenitor, the father of the Avengers, the father of you all. So it's going to be another one of those. Well, that was the prelude from the first issue. Right. I know, but like, it's just like, there's all, it's every, every hero is a fucking legacy hero. Every yeah. team. It's unbelievable. That's true. It's the, proge- Spe- it's the progenitor. Speaking of art, Justice League number two, which is the other side of the coin of the Avengers, is Jorge Jimenez, who is basically the the artist of the book, as opposed to I was going to say Dean Cain. I don't know why I was going to say Dean Cain, but um, <laughs> so wait, oh, it's just so we're clear, Dean Cain is not drawing Justice League regularly. No, I I haven't really slept for two weeks with this chest cold, so okay, um, I'm feeling really dumb. Jim Chung, who's not Dean Cain, but could play Superman if he wanted to. Is just doing the first and last issues of the arc. Jorge Menez is doing the middle issues. I I love Jorge Menez, and I think this looked great. Yeah, I agree. I think it's a good, it's a good fit. I didn't actually miss, I didn't uh, miss Jim Chung all that much. I mean, I did, but it wasn't like it. I felt like it lost a step, and it was consistent all the way through. So, one thing I really like is that he gives people different body types. So, mm-hmm. like Sinestro has that weird sort of almost too big head for body, skinny yep. arms thing, and Flash is skinny. I don't know if I like his super skinny John Jones, but it's it's a choice. Well, John everyone, Jones can be whatever. That's true, but everyone has a little looks. A little, it's not like you know, you know, some artists just have male body, female yeah. body, and everyone has the same look. Um, but uh, and even with, with faces too. But here, people look different. And, I like know, his grod a whole lot. <laughs> right? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. His grod was really good. Um, uh, 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 I for just a minute I thought, oh my god, they're doing away with a different core. Lantern Corps, and then I was like, no, you can add in another one. The Ultraviolet Corps. The Invisible Emotional Spectrum. Listen, whatever gets Sinestro back into his original costume. Yeah, no, like, like that was good. And then I was like, oh, wait, now we're up to, I don't know, however many core. Let's just point out that the fastest man alive is the only one not allowed to go back to his original costume. Mm-hmm. We have Green Lanterns went back to their original costumes. Sinestro's back in his original suit. This one's Superman's, not... Superman's basically back in his original yeah. suit. It's not Batman's so bad. got his redesigned one. That's fine. Martian Manor has his new suit, but Hawkgirl's got her old suit. Wonder Woman's basically never changed. Flash's got this goddamn lines. Ah, uh, I don't mind it. Here's really not as bad. Really good but... Flash art in this one, by the way. Oh, terrific. Like the That's acting just... in the face was wonderful. The fastest dude in the West can't, uh, can't, can't get his old suit back. Yeah, I like that you can see his eyebrows with the suit on. Yeah, I do too. Uh, I I wonder yeah. at what point in their like last minute um, preparation for going into this thing, um, they designed suits for Superman and Martian Manhunt. Somebody's like, wait, you got to do a glowing logo. Yeah, no, I mean you can't have these like intergalactic radiation suits and not have glowing logos on the yeah, chest. It's molded. I just you know, feel like that would take that time. Is Batman? Yeah. Batman puts his logo on everything. He's he knows what branding's important. He does know that. I uh, am the knight so trademark. If there was a book almost genetically engineered for me to hate, 
It'd be Batman Predator to the Wedding Part Four, Red Hood versus Anarchy, because don't really hate, don't really like Red Hood, don't really like Anarchy. Also features Bizarro and someone else who I didn't like. God. It was like it's a cavalcade of characters I I dislike. Problem was Javier Fernandez. Yeah, you like one him. Of my favorite artists were going through it, so I was torn between loving looking at it and then being like, now Bizarro's here. <laughs> I was waiting for Lobo to show up. Did you in the end? He didn't show up in the end, but no. Yeah. I mean, did the end? Were you were you happier you read it than I mean, didn't? I mean, I'm. These issues have been somewhat interesting, uh, to various degrees. You know, these are all different pairings of hero and villain leading up to the wedding. This was the Red Hood watching over Selina's bachelorette party at Batman's request. Creepy. Uh, he he already charged Batman hundred hundred thousand dollars to do it. Um. And then Anarchy, of course, shows up to mess things up. It was it was fine. I think Anarchy was in my one of my first Detective Comics issues. Yeah, he was one of those Brayfogle era, early nineties Brayfogle, Alan Grant era villains. He yep. was all about Anarchy, and he I guess it makes sense to bring him back now in the, in the world we're living in. But uh, they they have him as sort of this like internet potster. He's not all he 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 brings together the anti-fascists and the alt-right and the white supremacists and everybody together to cause anarchy. Um, That's dumb. And then the lat and this teases the final issue of this, which is going to be Joker and Harley Quinn for some reason. All right. Uh, but I, I mean, my, that's my my problem is that we just we just had Joker's definitive take on this. Now, I guess we're going to get more of it. But there you go. That's, um, that's nothing else? makes sense. Nothing matters. It looks good. It looked really good. Javier Fernandez is ter- terrific. Want to? Be- Sorry. No. Awesome. Let's uh, let's briefly touch base on Ant Man and the Wasp number two. This is a, a Mark Wade book, uh, Javier Garon uh, on art, and uh, this is obviously tied to the upcoming movie. Uh, this this wasp is not Janet Van Dyne, but is in, that, is. I was finding that interesting because when I was looking at it to to do the script and yeah. uh, like of all the things not to tie in, not to have Wasp be Hope Van Dyne is interesting. That's yeah, helpful. it's she's she's she was in the red. She was in the Black Widow like grow up camp in Russia for some reason and she didn't know about her parents who they were or she knew but they didn't know yeah this one Nadia uh, something or other and she's with Scott Lang yeah sure whatever Um, but what is happening though is this really sort of interesting story where they shrink way 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 down and they end up sort of lost in I don't know the microverse or whatever it is they're going to call it Um, and they're attacked by these beings that, that 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 they're standing on that they can't see and then they have to shrink down even further. But then Ant-Man is like inside uh, Nadia's eyes because he's trying to fix her. And then he has to pop out because they're shrinking her. And it's a whole lot. And like the people on the bottom don't understand what's going on. Like the one faction is like they're invaders. And then the other side is like, we don't know what they are. They probably don't even know we're here. And just right. kind of kind of interesting. Uh, well, that is that, that, that's that is it. like the the parasite kind of, you know, like, yep. Doesn't even realize what it's doing. Is it fair to call it a adversary if it right. doesn't even recognize what you are so that's what's going on the, and the and the alien or whatever they are you know designs are really quite silly and funny they're just sort of these blobs with teeth and gums um and it's kind of it's just kind of interesting and and funny the the stuff with the the black widow and the pims is weird but i don't know at least it's a little different um and and scott lang's kind of a fun character i think so let's so those are the books we want to talk about every week at patreon.com slash ifanboy. Uh, the patrons can vote to add a book to the rundown. They, everyone gets to vote for 40-hour period. And this week, I think just for the second time, we had a tie, which meant two extra books to read. Ugh. Thanks. Thanks. Let's start with – which one are we going to start with? Uh, let's start with not X-Men. Start with the other one. I don't think either okay. of these are going to take that long. The Beef, number, number five. five, which I think I, I think I read The Beef, number one, and don't really remember anything about, about it. I think I thought about it, and then I think I read a couple pages and went, no, nah, I'm good. Um, I mean, it was interesting to jump in. Was it the final issue? Yes. I can't remember. The, it was interesting to jump into the final issue of a miniseries. Uh, I mean... I don't know. Uh, it looked really good. I thought the shaky cane art was 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 strong. 
Shaky Kane. This person drew a book that was pick of the week a long time ago. It was the one about the Boston Strangler and the Zodiac Killer, I think. Interesting. I mean, you, you, I mean, you go on. I, so, I mean, it's hard to, it's hard to totally say anything because not, not knowing what the story was because the, you know, the first 10 pages of this were telling me how awful it is to eat meat. Yep. And I was like, well, what's been going on in this book? Um, and then there was a dude without skin and he got chopped up and made into meat and there's a lot of meat. And I got to say, it kind of backfired. All I wanted after it was to eat meat. Uh-huh. Yeah, that can happen. I I I wanted this to not... I wanted it to be over <laughs> most of the time. And yeah. I don't mind that it has a point of view on meat or whatever, and it's it's not wrong or whatever. Like, I, I didn't feel like I was being but attacked. But that part wasn't anything. a story. It was, it was a lecture. And I'm not... Upset the election. It's just that it wasn't. It wasn't in context of a story. It was literally Gandhi talking to us about factory farming, which everyone should know is terrible. I know it's terrible. Well, maybe it, you... I don't know. Maybe it fit in. Like yes, I did know that or whatever. But I, you know, like I, 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 that person did not do that book. He did other books. So I don't know why I thought that. Um, I've definitely heard that name before. It's not easy to forget. Uh, I, I, like at the end of the day, like I, I was like, okay, it's this kind of comic, and. It's not my favorite kind of comic. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I think sometimes with, with stories like this, which are kind of over the top, but super at, over the top, but at the basic levels, very basic. Also, like it's there's not it's not a ton to it. Sometimes it just takes style over. It feels like it's style over form, and I always wonder style over substance. But I always wonder if there's something I'm missing when they do this, or if just mm-hmm. the over the top style is supposed to be the thing that is the attractant of it. Because um, I, I had a hard time grabbing on to anything because basically you just have these jerky, rednecky characters and, and a lot of violence. And I don't know what it's saying to me. Yeah, well, it's, hard, it's hard not knowing the whole context. You know? I, I, but I, but I, I, like, I don't think that I'm – I don't feel like I'm missing a lot of that. Like I get what they're trying to say. I just don't know what the – what's good about it or what the point is. Right. Uh. I guess it's like these redneck good old boy guys are bad and they like beef. And so you shouldn't, you know, and the beef you could be eating might have a person in it, you know, and like, I don't know, it's, it's not shocking. Mm-hmm. It's it's like, it's like, it's like if Joe Casey wrote a comic that wasn't good. Um, yeah, I mean, look, uh, yeah, you should be educated about the food you eat, obviously. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I always try to be, buy the best beef I can from the from the best farmers, but you know it's yeah. it's it's terrible. But I'm not gonna not eat meat. <laughs> I'm gonna get a steak tomorrow. In fact, let's talk about X Men Gold. Wait, wait. 30. Do we do ratings at the end? Let's do ratings at the end. Okay. X Men Gold Thirty, which is the, the tie book, uh, the book the book the beef tied. This is the wedding of Colossus and Kitty Pride. And I was pleasantly surprised to see that Dave Marquez drew it. Yeah, that was nice. So, um, this was a little oversized issue as... It sure was, wasn't it? As we uh, do the rehearsal dinner and the makeup and the dress and and then the ceremony. And and then we gave a spoiler warning, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then the wedding doesn't happen. Dun, dun, dun. <sighs> was no supervillain attack. It was attack of second thoughts. Mm-hmm. As Kitty, Kitty is thrown off by magic, Peter's sister, saying, being a real awful, awful bride's uh, maid of honor, saying, I don't know if you guys should get married the night before the wedding. And then, I guess, putting some doubts in Kitty's head. And so as Colossus goes to put the ring on her finger, she turns... Uh, I was going to say translucent, but that's not right. Uh, she turns uh, immaterial, and he's, his hand goes through her hand, which I thought was a really great page. Um, and uh, she decides, no, I can't do this, and she leaves by going into the earth. And so, which I thought was, you know, I'm not as well-versed into this relationship as, as everyone who reads the X-Men all the time is, but um, it seemed a little out of the blue. 
And then, uh, so Rogue and Gambit decide, well, people are here already. So let's just get married. And then they get married. And now they're getting a book about them being married called Mr. and Mrs. X. All I right. hate Gambit so much. I don't care. Like that, I mean, really, like, at the end of the day, this was like somebody was like, watch this season finale of, an ep- of Grey's Anatomy. And I was like, okay. All right. Yeah. This is a thing that's happening. I I. I don't care. And so I, this is like one of those things where I'm not coming down. You guys can vote for whatever you want. But like if you vote for an X-Men book like this, you're, you're not going to get like a the kind of review you want because like I don't know if it's good or bad. I know I don't care. I thought it was well done. I guess. I thought it looked really good. Um, uh, to me, because I was, I you know, I do like the X-Men. So I did, I did sure. care somewhat. I tr- uh, I've tried to. I just don't. I, uh, I just, it just seems so out of the blue for me that emotionally I was more confused than upset about it. Well, why did that happen? That seems dumb. I mean, I feel like they were trying to avoid the obvious thing, which is Valiant, Mark Guggenheim. Uh, you know, it, it looked good. It seemed like the acting was there and there were all these moments that seemed genuine and touching and were interesting. But like, you know, at one point, you know, like, uh, she's getting ready and, Someone says, what's wrong, Kitty? And she's like, I'm here with the three women who raised me. And I was like, it just does nothing for me. Like, it's supposed yeah. to. But it's 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 like, you know, jumping in a show. Like, I know who the characters are. Actually, I don't know who that one lady is. But I, I don't care. And it's yeah. hard to, this is like, this doesn't work unless you care. Right. For uh, sure. And it's not interesting otherwise. There wasn't like another thing that happened in it. Like this is a this is a, a fan service comic book. And if this is your thing that you're into, I, I'm I'm betting it works fairly well. Um, there's not a problem with it, but it's really hard for me to judge it, I suppose. Um, I mean, it seemed like a very soap opera-y thing. And I get yes. these are all soap operas, yeah. which is totally fine. But like it just didn't seem it didn't seem organic or in within the characters mm-hmm. um but i'm not i'm not a super expert so I, i'm not going to say that definitively but uh i mean the explanation she gives him when he confronts her is kind of weak yeah you know what's funny it's like i've been married a long time and i just thought what do you think what do you think it was going to be <laughs> marriage like, is... this was all very messy yeah it's not you guys have been in a relationship forever you one of you died the other one was in space you've broken up you got married together you broken up got married together that's messy you said i love you that's that's gonna that's gonna have to do it and that bothered me a little bit like i think i get i i get annoyed by the like come on let's be let's be realistic about what this is you know so you're if you're turning this down you're done you're just saying i'm out from now on basically yeah. sort of yeah it was. I just found. I found that part to be weak. Yeah. I mean, but uh, and then the stu- <laughs> stupid second marriage happens. <laughs> if I'm a guest, I'm like, I don't understand what's happening. Am I supposed to be happy about? Rogue I and do Gambit? like. If there's anything that I did like about it, I like the scene at the reception after the fact when nobody quite knows what to do. Right. I'm a big fan of that awkwardness. That British Might comedy. As well eat and drink. Well, that was weird. <laughs> I don't even know what it's okay to say about this. So, Ugh. all right, let's do ratings. Ratings. Let's rate the beef out of five. I'm gonna give it a two. Two. Sticking with it, it's over. But I'm not gonna go back and read them. Nope. X Men Gold thirty out of five. I'm gonna give it a three and a half. I'm giving it extra points for the art. Two and a half. Sticking with it. No. No, I dropped this book a while ago and I heard it's getting canceled. So mm-hmm. that's it for the patron pick. Patreon.com slash iFanboys where you can go and every patron at any level can vote to add a book to the rundown. And also, if you give it the $5 or higher level, you get your own superpower on the show. Let's start by thanking our first patron with his first superpower. Well, the first one up is Zachary T. Blackburn. Mm-hmm. And uh, Zachary makes lists instantly. So you're about to go to the grocery store um, and you're like, did you check what we need? And he just boom, makes a list, he pulls it out of his pocket. He just knows what they need. Yep. 
And, but it's and it's in an organized printed form. It's in the order of the things that are in the grocery store. For example, starts with the produce, makes its way through. And it's, it's contextual to the situation. Yeah, yeah. It makes lists, and it's helpful. It's, it's extremely helpful. Uh, it's not just that, you know. Like uh, all of mine seem. All of my examples are about to be around shopping, but um, mm-hmm. it's supply based. What do we need? Is it, is it is it shopping day, Josh? Nope. It will be. It will all be right. soon. I don't like making lists. That's to get to the psychology of that one. Jeff Braun exudes butter. <laughs> drip, drip. Just he 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 exudes it. Now uh, the better Jeff gets, the the more training he can control the exuding of the butter from mm-hmm. from all of his glands to just his hands to whatever. Do you want that butter? Do you it's want delicious, like delicious, delicious, fresh, straight from the farm butter? Right, Josh. It's, it's Jeff butter though. <laughs> but Jeff butter is highly rated. I I know that, but I'm just saying with the popcorn, like, and Jeff's over there and he's like scratching his arm or something. You're like, can I get some Jeff butter on this? He's like, Bleh. yeah. He puts his hand out and the butter comes out under the <laughs> popcorn and it's delicious, delicious butter. I mean, you don't have to get up and refill the middle part. It's true. Or oh shit, I need to quickly prime this pan. Just mm-hmm. run, runs his hand over it. Wait, does he get burned? No, I mean, he's a little bit of a little separation. Okay. Uh, also, you know, he could he could grease down a hallway, mm-hmm. make, make it hard for people to run. Right. That's good if you're planning an escape. Right. Or if he's stuck in something, mm-hmm. suddenly he can just start sweating the butter out and, you know, wiggle free. Uh-huh. Okay. A lot of applications for Jeff Butter. All right, then. Jeff Butter is his superhero name. Jeff Butter. I got to tell you that I had my my next one all sorted out and all the Jeff Butter thing just completely <laughs> shot it out of my head. Like I had it. I knew what it was and I was happy with it. And now it's gone. Do you want me to do my next one and you can think about it? Yeah, I think I need you to. Bill, the uh, single named Bill, totally and completely understands cricket. <laughs> That's unbelievable. Yeah, no, I know. The sport of cricket, he I, totally gets everything about it intimately. He knows what everything means. He, he's got it. I don't know. Out of all the stuff that we've come up with, that one seems like the most far-fetched. I, well, I, I get it. I mean, it's... it's, it's <laughs> Why do they dress like that? It's, it's a stretch, but he gets he understands everything and can explain everything to you very succinctly. Oh, and he can actually also understand. translate it. Yeah, for wow. sure. That's even yeah. more crazy. Yeah. Uh, Daniel Richardson can caffeinate anything. Oh, interesting. You can put a shot of caffeine in there. As much or as like a sandwich? You want. Oh, yeah. Caffeine beef. <laughs> so he just. It's not like it's a liquid. It just, he just injects caffeine yeah, into like the. If, like the molecules the form inside the thing. It's like if he gets together with Jeff, you can have <laughs> caffeinated pe- butter. Pet butter. Jeff's pet butter. Can he caffeinate Jeff? Theoretically. Could he catch like a car? No, nah, I mean you can't eat the car. I mean I guess he could, but it wouldn't it would be inert. It wouldn't matter. Right. So theoretically it'd have to be into an ingestible thing and somehow. Caffeinated butter. That's an interesting idea. I I'm I mean I don't know why we need it, but I don't know why we don't. <laughs> Let's call the food people. <laughs> I feel like that's I feel like the heart people would be like, please don't. <laughs> Patreon.com slash iFanboy. That's where you can go if you give it the five dollar higher level. We get your own superpower. Thanks to everyone who does that. We appreciate it. And that's where the pledge drive, I think, is over. I believe it's over. We gave up. No, oh, we weren't running it. It was fully run by the Patreon. Right. I believe. No, well, I was, I was speaking for them. We did not hit our next stretch goal, which is non comics media podcast monthly, but uh, it's still out there, and we're under under around four hundred dollars away from it. So if you thought about supporting the show and you want to hear the non comics media podcast every month. Go over to patreon.com slash ifanboy. Also, ifanboy.threadless.com. That's where you can find our seven t-shirt designs. The ifanboy logo, Herm, Pick a League podcast, ratings. If one is Electro, GDAD, nothing makes sense, nothing matters. You can find all those designs on t-shirts, but also on mugs or iPhone covers or bath mats or shower curtains. All kinds of items have those lo- of those uh, designs on them. We think everyone who p- purchases something, it's lots of fun for us. And I wore my um, Electro shirt the other day. It's just still a damn fine shirt. It's a damn fine shirt. At fanboy.com slash support. 
That's where you can donate via PayPal directly if you don't want to become a patron. You don't want to buy a T-shirt. Totally fine. We have people do that all the time. Thank you very much. Fanboy.com slash Amazon. That's where you can find links to the buy the books we talk about in the Booksplode shows. And also where you can find a general link to Amazon. Thank you, everyone who supports the show with the various means which to do so. We appreciate it. And uh, keeps the show going. So thank you very much. We're going to do one of these? Let's do them. All right. Do the first. Andrew, soon to be from Barcelona. I'm moving to Barcelona this fall. Yeah, that checks out. And I'm curious if you know anything about buying weekly Marvel, DC, and Image comics in English in Europe. I assume shipping from England may be the best source, but I can't find much information. FYI, I'm not a fan of digital comics. No, I don't know the answer. I don't know that you know the answer, but I, thought, I was hoping maybe if we read it, people in Europe listening yeah. to the show, because there definitely are lots of them, can maybe go to the comment section of the show and tell Andrew what he must do. I, I, I'm, you know what I want to know? I know that there are multiple language versions of trade collections, but I don't believe that is done for issues. So my guess is that for most comics, certainly for image dark horse you know yeah for sure yeah that stuff is probably only going to be available in english so if you can find a comic shop and if you're going to find a comic shop in spain it's going to be in barcelona i'm guessing you're going to be okay yeah Uh, i'm probably almost sure um and and again you know you're not a fan of digital comics but rarely that that is you know that's That's the easiest whenever i travel to europe i just download them to on uh i just google there's there's at least three comic stores in Barcelona. Yeah. Norma think, Comics, Continuera Comics, and Antifaz. And they're, they're each served with ham. So. <laughs> so you should be able to. But they're, they're, they're only open for uh, a couple hours a week. That's yeah. That's not true. <laughs> looks it's like. A, it's uh, a long lunch. Looks like one of them is two stories tall. Norma Comics. Wow. Yeah. So you, should, you probably get them in English there. My guess is, but, yeah. But if you're if you're living in Barcelona or thereabouts and you have an answer for Andrew, please go to the comments section and, and tell them. Let's do one more. Meanwhile, back in February, this email, this email came in, Josh. James W., I normally wouldn't nitpick a small thing like this, but this is the second week in a row Josh pronounced hirsute incorrectly. It is pronounced hirsute, not hirsute. Josh is one thing, but his contagion spread to Ryan, a man of science, and he had to be stopped. Now... You must have done it again recently because this week we got two emails about the same topic from Nava and from Morgan B. Wow. They also wrote in. So you must have said it recently again. Incorrect. I think, I think, here's my explanation. First Mm -hmm. of all, I resent people for correcting me, but I resent myself for being wrong even more. I hate I hate well, misspelling and mispronouncing. You used to always make fun of Ron's mispronunciation, so it's only fair well, that's that you why. must also be making fun no, of it. Fair enough. I mean, I, I resent you because, you know, you've <laughs> exerted power over me, which I don't like. And also Connor for bringing this up in front of everybody. But also, mm-hmm. I understand. So I, that's not a word that I would use in common usage, but uh, my, my pal Alex Robinson would use it. And I believe that he pronounced it incorrectly, but I think he might have pronounced it incorrectly on purpose because that's a thing that right. he would do. And I think I picked so it up in your that brain. way. Yep. Yeah. 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 And, and uh, her suit is correct. But I think that I just was saying it wrong for so long that I forgot that there was a right way to say it. I'm the Brian Williams of pronouncing her suit. The brain is a funny thing. You know, like people get us on us all the time for pronouncing creators names wrong. But often we're just saying it the way we've been saying it in our head for years before anyone ever heard their name spoken out loud. Sure. And there's, there's nothing you can do about that, really. No. Other than try to consciously fix it every time but sometimes in the course of the show while you're talking very quickly uh extemporaneously for an hour it doesn't always work that is key and as it gets hotter yeah this you know the josh rooms... what's that bridge called by your old place in queens uh the 59th street bridge no the triborough oh yeah the triborough the rfk not... right now it's the rfk bridge but it I is not the i feel like they gave up on rfk no last time i was there on the radio it's the traffic on the rfk bridge yeah but but it's it's not a full it's not a full attempt. Then the third the fifty ninth Street Bridge isn't even called that. It's something else. It's got three names. Yeah, the Koch, the, uh, the Queensboro Bridge, the Koch Bridge, right. the 59th Street Bridge. Yeah. Right. Anyway, let's talk about New York City bridges. I can talk about that all day. I mean, let's get back to Goodfellas minute. This is what we used to do. Yeah, it's good stuff. I know the worst one. Should we talk about West Side Highway now? Called the Joe DiMaggio Highway, and no one else calls it that. I mean, they can keep trying. 
They call the uh, the Jackie Robinson Parkway stuck, though. Yes, it did, because it was the Interboro. That's a dumb name. Right. Okay. Contact at ifanboy.com is where you can email in if Josh pronounces something incorrectly and uh, let him know about it. Please. He please loves do. it. He's um, very, very, very appreciative. I have a Talksplode that I should be doing quite soon um, uh, next week. I don't want to say what it is until I get it recorded, but uh, it's a person who I've never talked to in a long form uh, before, and I'm actually really excited about it. So uh, that'll be coming up soon, and, and I know but it'll be a good one. You never talked to him, right? Cause... Yeah, I think I always ran camera. When we emailed, when we, emailed, when we interviewed him at cons, it was always Ron who interviewed him. Yeah, that's correct. So that's going to be interesting. I'm looking forward to that one. Mm-hmm. Also, it's a pro move to not t- say who it is before you do it. Oh, it's, I've learned. <laughs> Coming soon, our next special edition podcast is Ant-Man and the Wasp, as Josh mentioned earlier, the tie-in comic. The movie comes out on July 6th, and so thereabouts there'll be a podcast about it. That's our next one. Yes, Luke Cage is out this week, season two, this weekend. No, we're not doing a show on it. So check Somebody that let out. me know if Method Man shows up again. That might sway me, but even that's not a promise. I'll let you know. I'm okay. going to watch it this weekend. Also, if you're a patron, in addition to the patron pick and the patron powers, there's the monthly patron hangout in which Josh and I and sometimes a special guest will blabber on about nonsense for an hour for the patrons' amusement. And that this month's patron hangout is happening today. If you're listening to the show the day it comes out on Sunday the 24th. So 6 o'clock Pacific, 9 o'clock Eastern. If you are listening to this show Sunday and you're a patron, don't forget, come hang out with us at uh, the live stream. It'll also be archived for you on the patron page if you miss it. And so check that out today. That's if you listen, it's Monday and, and you were a patron you missed it. But if you're a patron, then you can go back and watch it and right. just pretend like you're there. Sure. So it'll be fun. But also if you're a patron, you should be paying attention to the patron page as well. This one, this one is, we're going to have a drinking game where every time I cough, you take a drink. I don't think I can handle that. No, not you, the, the, the oh. listeners. Oh, good. I've, viewers. I, I got to get up in the morning. In this uh, case, they are viewers. They are, they are viewers, Connor. <clears throat> yeah. Head over. <clears throat> Look at you. Look what you've you done emotional. to me. You got emotional about the Patreon hangout. Sure, that's it. Head over to ifanboy.com. You can find all of our podcasts. You can find out what the pick of the week is before the show comes out by liking facebook.com slash ifanboy or following at ifanboy on Twitter. You can also find out about uh, some of the stuff that's going on, like a patron hangout, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, you can follow us individually at Jay Flanagan on Twitter and Instagram or at CS Kilpatrick on Instagram as well. And if you like the show, write review on iTunes or just leave a star rating. It takes one second to click on that star rating on iTunes and everyone uh, looking for podcasts, it, it helps them find it, this show. So we thank everyone who does that. A thousand of you have done that and we really appreciate that. You know, uh, also, on that front, I wanted to bring up one other thing that actually came up this week. Um, another thing that people do that I really – I think that we appreciate. I don't know that I've ever mentioned it. Um, every once in a while, I will go around talking to creators, um, trying to find somebody to talk to for the talk sports. <laughs> and um, very frequently, they will say, yeah, absolutely. I hear from your fans all the time that that was – that your show is where we heard about such and such a book. It shows. And I and I thought, think back to how many times I've heard that over the years. You know, And certain guys give us a lot of credit um, for sort of jump-starting their thing. Um, and we really appreciate uh, when you let people know that. Uh, and also just, you know, like that makes people feel good and then you can form these connections with people. Um, so, you know, that helps. So thanks for people who do that. Keep that up. Yes. Thank you. And also tell your mom about podcasts. Sure. Say hello to your mother for us. We, we, we say hello to all of your mothers right now. Hello moms. You can pass that along. We say hello. Listen to the show this week. Help us spread iFanboy all around the world to Barcelona and beyond until next week. I'm Connor. I'm Josh. Goodbye.